Hello, my name is Reverend Jodie Stoll. Over the lockdown period, I was in one of the few million households who were required to shield because I live with someone who is clinically extremely vulnerable. On the 1st of August, the shielding programme ended or paused, but we were no less vulnerable. So we, along with those other millions of people, had to begin to figure out what it meant to live as a CEV household in a world where COVID-19 is here to stay. The way that I see the world and make sense of my faith in it is now fundamentally impacted by this experience. And so this is my podcast, Shielded. You're very welcome here. Welcome back to this podcast. Series two is six weeks where there is a new podcast every Friday. And I'm thinking around what it means to be vulnerable and inviting some friends to share their thoughts on this too. So today we're thinking particularly about the idea of well-being. A word about which I once heard someone say, people use the word well-being now when what they mean is health. And I guess that is where my thinking begins. Well-being is a great word. But it, both the word and meaning, has been diminished to mean something akin to having a bubble bath or a bit of chocolate cake. Now, there's nothing wrong with those things. I'm partial to a bit of chocolate myself. Uh, I am more of a shower woman. But the idea of well-being should include these things, but be beyond them. It's so much richer. When I think of the idea of well-being... I attach it more to the idea which we find in the Hebrew scriptures of the great shalom, the wholeness of being to which we and the whole of creation are invited to participate. And this wholeness of being, whole being, uh, which is divine and which is the end point of humanity, is something which can encompass and include the illnesses and brokenness, the weakness and limitedness of which not one human person is without. It is a fundamental problem, I think, that well-being has been subsumed into the language of physical health because that immediately prevents anyone who is sick from being well. And of course, That is part of our denial as human beings, that sickness and death is part of the deal. We like to think of those who are chronically ill as an anomaly. That most of the time when we're sick or when we get sick, we think this is the aberration from which we will return to full health and well-being. And that this is the normal way that we respond to the idea and actual experience of being sick. In fact, we find it quite difficult to deal with something that isn't going to get better. We don't know what to do with it. As the spouse of someone who is chronically ill, I found myself in a world which I realised was a delusion. The more I talked about my own experience of being impacted by chronic illness, the more I found others who were also living with illnesses or permanent injuries, 
disabilities or conditions they have lived with since birth. All things which don't quite fit the delusion. From autoimmune diseases galore, there's loads of them, to arthritis, both rheumatoid and osteo, Crohn's disease, IBS, anxiety, Ehlers-Danlos, ME, brittle asthma, dyslexia, dyspraxia, amputations, cerebral palsy, brain injury, autism. And I discovered that we were the norm. Truth. Those of us living with, whether ourselves or in families, those of us living with chronic illness or injury or disability, or congenital conditions are the majority. In fact, I want to say that we are all sick or injured or disabled and are congenitally unique in some way. Now, a lot of these conditions are invisible. So we all pretend to ourselves that we are living as healthy people. We mask it. It's exhausting and completely pointless. But often, unless your particular situation becomes visible because you can't hold it together anymore and the facade drops, you may continue in this, quite honestly, terrible situation. Because there is something truly beautiful about being on a journey of discovering wellness, the great shalom in the life of the chronic. Because you can be both unwell in the eyes of the world and well. In fact, the place of that unwellness may be one of the best places from which to discover the depth of God's rest and thus well-being. Perhaps there is something about that bubble bath after all. As human beings, we like to have categories. And we struggle with the blurring of these boundaries. It's why we sometimes stick quite rigidly to the ideas of some things being work and some things being play. And never the twain shall meet. After all, God gave six days to work and one to play. Wait, I mean, that sounds a bit rubbish, doesn't it? So is heaven like the big one day off at the end of time? I suspect that God gives us these kind of categories because human beings are rubbish at the blurred boundary stuff. It's God's mercy to a human race that will lose itself in one or the other. But what if work and play in God's economy were possibly the same thing? What if being invited into the great shalom, the great rest of God to which we are all invited, is both work and play at the same time? What if you can be both unwell and well? Perhaps even there is something about being unwell which draws us to recognise God in places where we would never stop to look otherwise. Perhaps the questions about our humanity and our made in the image of Godness that we all have take on a different shape and maybe a deeper shade when our image doesn't conform to what is suggested is the norm. 
chronic conditions which prevent us from living in the delusion of the fountain of youth and healthy bodies narrative, force us to look at these things slant, to take the veil off, to see the way our particular bodies and minds are included in the great welcome of God and in fact are essential to it. And that even in the places that we consider our worst, that don't work how we think they should, that are a constant reminder of our human frailty, we hear loud and clear, your faith has made you well. So my guest today is Bex Lewis. Bex is passionate about helping people engage with the digital world in a positive way. She's senior lecturer in this subject at Manchester Metropolitan University. And after her breast cancer diagnosis in 2017, her particular academic interests include social media and cancer. Here are her thoughts on well-being. Hi, Dr. Bex Lewis here. You'll find me all over social media at DrBexL. For me, well-being looks beyond physical wellness or the absence of disease, something I certainly don't have the benefit of as I head into my fourth year of cancer treatment. As an academic, I will always go to the official definitions of a concept. For me, well-being encompasses mental, social and spiritual aspects of life. Others would describe it as having a sense of life satisfaction, a sense of purpose, and a feeling of being in control. Cancer certainly makes the last of these impossible. And on Radio 4 for Lent 2019, I spoke on uncertainty being the core theme of cancer. As, as Gillian Strain writes in Cancer, a Pilgrim Companion, there is no security in home or work or routine because cancer threatens it all. Every new symptom, every scan, brings the potential for cancer to have spread to another area of the body with a consequent change of treatment and new side effects and ups and downs to live with. COVID-19, the limitations of travel and on seeing others, has made dealing with cancer even harder at present, particularly in managing mental health. Two elements I'm particularly thankful for are the ability to bubble with another household and the other, no great surprise to any who know me, is digital technology and social media. Social media is often blamed for poor mental health or poor well-being, if you like, but it's allowed me to remain connected with friends, family and fellow pilgrims of faith, regardless of the restrictions placed on our geographical movement. It has allowed me to connect with others in a similar situation to me and a sense of belonging is important to positive well-being, but also to connect with those who may have differing opinions. My faith and my attitude to body image, both important factors in my well-being, have both been developed positively online. They have challenged my thinking uh, and my understanding of grace, less about the shoulds and the oughts and God with a big stick, and more about self-care and kindness to self and others and a God who wants us to live life to the full. A daily stream of images, memes and messages mean these reassurances are seen several times a day. Many see self-care as taking a bubble bath or something like that, but I am looking beyond this to think about doing things such as weekly meal planning on a Sunday evening. I may feel like skipping this, but self-care means that I know that my well-being be, will be improved by having this planned for the week ahead and that I'll eat a better range of foods which will allow my brain to function better. 
Spiritual practices such as Bible reading and prayer give space to connect with God and my phone both reminds me to do these things daily and hosts appropriate apps. All of us come to adult life with a range of baggage, especially all those shoulds, but despite the pressure to be positive all the time, there is still space for tears and grief for the life that may not be as expected. One of my nurses said they worry about those who never start crying and those who never stop crying, but that I have a very acceptable level of crying. Knowing my death is statistically highly possible before my 50th birthday, I'm currently 45, there are times when I have a very worldly fear. As Matthew 6.34 says, tomorrow is never promised. That verse, however, also reminds us, do not worry, which sometimes helps, although a very human fear and grief is not easy to let go of. A sense of meaning is key to positive well-being both in a hope and a purpose for this life, and not one that has been entirely pre-mapped for us as if we are robots, but also for a life beyond this one, which gives this life a deeper purpose of meaning. I may truly wish that my earthly life was not impacted so heavily by cancer, but I don't question why me, because we live in a fallen world. But my faith also gives me hope to keep investing in this life, people, places and practices and to hope in a world beyond this one where I'll get a new body and much better health. A massive thank you to Bex for sharing herself with us today. A great example of what we're trying to do here in this series of Shielded in being vulnerable and sharing her thoughts and experience of well-being, her faith and cancer. Our Bible text today is from one of the Psalms, always a good place to go for some of our more difficult emotions. Psalm 16, verse 5 to the end. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I keep the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad and my soul rejoices. My body also rests secure. For you do not give me up to Sheol or let your faithful one see the pit. You show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I've been reminded in thinking about this idea of God bringing together these things which we think are somehow diametrically opposed of that great prayer of John Donne, The Last Awakening, which speaks of all things as being reconciled. And that is my hope, that one day we will see God's wellness, even in those places of our unwellness that we find too difficult to reconcile with ourselves yet. God doesn't find it too difficult. So here's John Donne our last awakening. Bring us, O Lord God, at our last awakening into the house and gate of heaven, 
to enter into that gate and dwell in that house, where there shall be no darkness nor dazzling, but one equal light, no noise nor silence, but one equal music, no fears nor hopes, but one equal possession, no ends nor beginnings, but one equal eternity in the habitations of thy majesty and glory, world without end. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Let others know about it and listen on Fridays for new episodes, which you can get from Anchor or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify, among other platforms. Go well into your day. And may you come again soon to these doors. Music